Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. And good morning, everybody. Today is the 157th episode, 157, baby. Uh, this is November the 6th. 2019. Big shout out to my niece, Kaylee Blocker. Happy 17th birthday. Love you, girl. Um, I came into this family when Kaylee was, I don't know if she was even born yet, but I've literally been around her her whole life, even though she lives uh, down in Brentley County, Georgia. <laughs> Big shout out. Love you, girl. Uh, this is the 157th episode, and I'd like to talk a lot about stuff I heard. Okay. Cause I've, I've heard and watched a lot this past week. I had the ability, um, through my work, I had to go out of town and anytime I take a road trip, you know, you get some miles underneath, you get a chance to, to kind of, um, just kick back and, and listen to the radio a little bit. And I don't like the quote unquote radio as much as I like podcasts. So I always hook the little devices up through the radio so that I can listen to my podcast. And I had a bunch of them to listen to. I mean, I talked about it in the last episode. Um, I started off with uh, Joe Rogan's uh, episode 1372. Uh, it just recently came out with Kevin Smith. Now, <clears throat> I talked a little bit about Kevin Smith and Jay Muse uh, doing Jay and Silent Bob. Kevin Smith is an actor, director. He's done a lot of things. Clerks, Mallrats, Jersey Girl, um, Dogma. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, it's tremendous. Uh, he and Jay have made a new Jay and Silent Bob movie, uh, and they are going around and doing meet and greets, showing the movie in theaters. And if you get the chance to see them, that's great. Um, we actually looked into it, and it was going to be a bit too pricey for us. But uh, I'm a big fan of of Kevin. I know at one time, he talks about this on the podcast, um, his weight had gotten really out of control he had gotten up to 330 pounds. He said that, you know, his big thing was sweets and eating, eating a lot. Anyway, he'd gotten up to 330 pounds and, and, and then, you know, realized, oh crap, I got to lose some weight. So he cut out sugar and he said he lost a good bit of weight that way. And then somewhere in the process of him losing the weight, um, he had a heart attack and he almost died. And he started talking to his doctor about it. And his doctor told him, he said, you know, listen, it'd be, you know, it'd be great if you could get your cholesterol down also because your liver's fatty and, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta maintain this and, and get it in control. Otherwise it's going to be it. And he said that he lost his father at a young age, um, due to a heart attack. He had two heart attacks. He said, and the way I looked at this was, this was my warning heart attack. The next one was going to kill me because that's what happened to my father. So he, uh, his his daughter is a vegan, and his daughter has been on him about, you know, Dad, you need to go to be a vegan. And and he said, you know, it's it's kind of like having somebody in your family being a Scientologist. They're constantly trying to talk you into it, even though you don't want to do it. And at some point, they trick you, and you and you start doing it, and, and you're like, hey, this isn't so bad. So he said that's how he got into do, do, to being a vegan, and he's been a vegan now for a few years. Um, but he ended up losing a lot of weight. He went from 330 down to 195, and he's talking about how now, you know, he's, uh, you know, got a, a birthday coming up. Uh, I think his 50th birthday's coming up, and, and he and Joe talked about the fact that he would like to get in the kind of shape where he could do a pull-up 
just one pull up, but do a pull up before his 50th birthday. He's like, I've never been very physical at all. He said, I do, um, hike a lot, uh, hike every day as if I can, if I'm not traveling, but you know, he's kind of in that position in life of going, Hey, I got a new lease on life and here's an opportunity for me to do better, which is great. So it's a fun podcast to listen to, uh, check it out. I think you'll enjoy it if you like Kevin Smith. Um, <clears throat> then I listened to episode 1731, which is actually before Kevin's interview with, uh, Andrew Santino. Um, Andrew Santino is a comedian and he, uh, he's pretty funny. Um, if you see him on screen, you'll notice right away, he's got, uh, red hair. And of course he uses the, the red hair as kind of a, a moniker of, so people couldn't recognize him. He calls himself the whiskey ginger. He has a podcast called the whiskey ginger. Um, he and Joe just went on tour together up in, uh, or they did a couple of, of venues together up in the Cleveland, Ohio area. And of course, you know, they had a good time hanging out and talking as comedians do. And so when they came back, they did a podcast and they talked about it and they, they, you know, and, and Andrew's not afraid to, to kind of bust balls with him a little bit and, uh, and talk to him about anything and everything. And it's a fun hang. The whole, the whole podcast is like a fun hang. Um, he gets them all laughing and stuff and, and it's, it's fun. Um, so then I've got, uh, <clears throat> I went down a very long podcast, which is odd when I convert from talking about Joe Rogan to talking about a very long podcast. Uh, Bert's, Bert Kreischer's recent podcast, The Bert Cast, episode 137, excuse me, episode 370. See how I got ahead of myself there? Um, Janine Gaffigan. Janine is Jim Gaffigan's wife. Uh, many of you may know Jim Gaffigan as a comedian. Uh, he has a Hot Pockets sketch that's probably the one that you'll recognize the most. He talks about how Hot Pockets... Anyway, you just Google Jim Gaffigan Hot Pocket and you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy. Hilarious comedian. Um, he and Jeannie are Catholic. They have five kids. It's always a big deal when people talk about it because they're like, wait, this guy's a Catholic and he's got five kids? What... What kind of phenomenon is this? For them, it's not a phenomenon. For them, it's their life. <clears throat> they grew up in Catholic families and with big families, and they, they in turn have a somewhat big family in today's standards. Um, they talk about the fact that in their, you know, in her life, um, her and Jim's family uh, was much bigger. Their, their parents' family was much bigger. So them having five kids really doesn't seem that big of a deal. Um, but they live in New York which to a lot of people is very daunting to be downtown New York and raising five kids downtown, uh, but they seem to do it. The reason that Jeannie Gaffigan is on the podcast is she has a book out, and the book is about a brain tumor that she got. She got a brain tumor the size, like the shape of a pear, and she went through a journey of almost dying uh, and having to relearn to do a lot of things due to the removal of this brain tumor. Uh, she wrote a book called When Life Gives You Pears. And right away when she speaks in this, <clears throat> you kind of like listen to her talk, you kind of hear like maybe she smokes a lot or maybe there's something wrong with her voice. And she gets into that during the interview, talks about how nerve damage had, had destroyed one of her vocal cords. Apparently you have sets of vocal cords and... And one of them just stopped working. And so they did surgery to try and repair it. Um, but she talks about the difficulty of learning to do things, simple things, over again, like swallowing. Um, 
how hard it was. And she talks a lot about how Jim, you know, rose to the occasion and, and became became everything that she needed and hoped for during this process and how, you know, being a comedian's wife is sometimes a task of feeling like you're, you know, also raising a man child, um, because they're on the road a lot and they're not there. And, and when they are there, they're just a mess because their, their, their life is a mess. Their life is constantly moving and traveling and, and living out of a suitcase and, when they're home, they don't know how to do anything and they're just sort of checked out. And, and she talks about how Jim really rose to the occasion and, and gave her everything she needed. Um, and it's a very touching story. She goes into detail about what happened when she found it and how she became an advocate for her own illness. And there's a lot of good information in here that people need to know if they're going through something like this or if they know somebody going through something like this. Um, one of the key things that I picked up from it was she talked about being in the ICU. Um, she had gotten uh, pneumonia while she was in the hospital and had to stay longer. And actually the, the ammonia, pneumonia um, affected her way more than you would think. And, she um, said that people would come to visit, and of course, you know, when it's friends or family that are close to you, they're very sentimental and they're emotional. And she said, "What was the best was my comedian friends. Um, you know, Jim and I are friends with comedians, and when they stop by, they crack jokes, and I needed that. I needed jokes. I needed something to lighten the mood because people that come in to see you are always like, oh, geez, you know, okay, and then you know when." comedians come in to visit you they're always upbeat and they're you know they're they're just lightening the mood which is um which is what you need so <clears throat> it was a good conversation a good story hang on i got a text from my work this is odd i shouldn't be getting uh text right now but i actually have to answer this um Anyway, sorry. Um, so Jeannie Gaffigan, check it out. I, it was it was so good that I sent it to my wife, and I was like, "Listen, I know, you know, I know you know who Bird is, but and you probably don't know who Jeannie Gaffigan is, but this is a great story." And Leanne Kreischer sits in on it, and she asks a lot of really good questions too. Um, it's very touching. Okay, then uh, then I listened to Doctor Drew uh, After Dark. Episode 38, talking to Tom Segura. Uh, Tom Segura and Pagina, <clears throat> Christina Prezinski are married. Uh, they have a podcast called Your Mom's House. They have a network called Your Mom's House on YouTube and on podcasts. And Dr. Drew is part of their network with this podcast. Um, and Tom is, Tom's got a, a weird sense of humor, so does Christina. And they get a lot of joy from coming up with really crazy people's videos and showing them to Dr. Drew and Dr. Drew feels really bad for these people. And this is no exception. They, they sit around and they talk about going through sober October with, you know, his friend, Bert Kreischer, uh, Ari Shafir, Tom Segura and, um, Joe Rogan all did it. And, uh, this, this was recorded during the month. So they talk a little bit about that and then they start going into videos and, and stuff like that, and it's in and phone calls, and it's really 
it's funny, but it's also disturbing in a lot of ways. Um, I think the bigger joy comes from the fact that Dr. Drew's grossed out being a doctor and, you know, being, um, an internal medicine guy and, and dealing with addiction and stuff like that. He's seen and, and experienced a lot, but still there's moments where he's cringed, uh, by the things they show him. So I think that's part of the fun of the podcast. Um, if you are a fan of Burt Kreischer, there is another podcast that he started with Bill Burr. Uh, I happened to just stumble upon this on YouTube. I was flipping through stuff on YouTube and it come up with, uh, oh, if you like this, you might also like this. And I thought, <clears throat> hey, look, there's Burt and Bill. And literally the podcast is called The Bill Burt Podcast. Bill for Bill Burr and Burt for Burt Kreischer. The Bill Burr Podcast. And this was like three hours of them just sitting around talking and smoking cigars and, you know, Bert sober during this time. So he's just having like, you know, Sprite or something. Um, but he, they're just sitting around talking and they've done little projects together over the years. They had one on YouTube where they were driving around. I don't know if they're still doing it. They would drive, Bill would drive around and they would look at uh, things on the phone. Uh, Bert would bring up Zillow app on his phone, and he'd look at how much houses cost in the area. And part of it was because he was looking for a house, but part of it was because, holy crap, how much do you think this one's worth? You know, just the fascination of the property values of things in their area just amazed both of them. And, of course, from it, they would have conversation and jokes. Well, this is them just hanging out and just talking and you know, people forget that these guys are really good friends. Um, Bert talks about it a good bit on his podcast from time to time. He'll mention the fact that that Bill will come over and they'll just sit and hang. They won't they won't turn the mics on or nothing. They'll just they'll have a cigar. They'll sit and hang. They'll and they'll talk like friends, which is important. You got to have that in your life. You got to have people that around you that can have conversations outside of work, outside of family, outside of all of the the extra BS. And uh, I get that these guys are professionals and they're friends, and they just happen to enjoy each other's company. So, you know, Bert talks about the fact that Bill's brain seems to constantly work and be uh, coming up with bits all the time. And he said it's fascinating to watch how fast his brain works with little subjects, and then all of a sudden, you know, this this piece comes out of it, and, and to think that, you know, wow, I was there when that started, when that that idea started bubbling up. And they kind of inspire each other. So anyway, it's a fun hang. If you're into Burt Kreischer or Bill Burr, you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, I took notes. I hope you guys appreciate the fact that I took notes to remember all the crap I watched uh, and listened to. So when I got to the hotel, I had Netflix, which is awesome. Listen, I stayed at the Spring Hill Suites. Is that what it's called? Spring Hill Suites by Marriott in Augusta, Georgia. And they have Netflix built into the TV in the room, which I like. You know, that's funny. I was looking at the reviews of the hotel online and several people wrote down, the, the setup is, is really stupid. The TV doesn't point at the bed or in the living room. And, and I'm like, it swivels, dumbass. Like, seriously? People haven't figured out that the TV kind of moves. You, can, you turn it towards the living room or you turn it towards the bed. How dumb do you have to be? I mean, seriously. <sighs> Aggravating. Anyway. Um, one of the things I want to make a note of is if you get in a hotel like this and you've got access to log into your account and watch stuff on Netflix or HBO or whatever's available on the TV, just remember to log out before you leave. 
I don't know if they do that. I don't know if it automatically does that. Someone who works for them can probably tell us, but I always have to make a point of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving in the morning. I probably won't remember to do this. Let me do it before I go to bed. And I'll log myself out of the account on the TV. Because I don't want it to be logged in there. And then the next person comes in like, hey, look, I got Netflix. Who's Josh? You know, because it's on the login screen. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so I had Netflix. So I watched a series called Atypical. I don't exactly know what the A is supposed to stand for. But in this, to me, it stands for autism. Because the main character in the show has autism. And he's 18 years old. His name is Sam Gardner. This is the third season that just came out. Uh, Michael Rappaport and Jennifer Jason Lee are in it. They play his parents. Um, and this is sort of the family dynamic revolving around Sam and Sam's independence and Sam learning to navigate the world as a young 18-year-old boy. Um, he gets a girlfriend. Uh, they have a relationship. There's complications, of course, all across the board. Uh, season three is him getting into college. And, you know, not to give anything away, but he's learning to navigate parts of life in a way that is challenging, especially so for someone who has extra challenges. But it's also a way that with his autism, he's learning to navigate it better than some, if that makes any sense. Michael Rappaport plays a very serious role in this as the dad, um, and he's exceptional in it. I've never thought of him as an exceptional actor. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee even makes a, a joke about herself because her and her kids in the show, not to give anything away, but her and her kids in the show at one point are sitting down watching TV and Back to the Future's on, and she, she makes a joke about it. She's in Back to the Future, by the way. I don't know if that gives anything away. but um, It's a cute show. It's easy to watch. The episodes are like 30 minutes long. You can blow through it in no time. It's fun, and it's sad, and it's heartwarming, and it's lovely in a lot of different ways. It's a great show. They did a great job writing it, and season three is great. Um, <clears throat> and then I had some time, so I watched Dolomite Is My Name by Eddie Murphy. Uh, he plays a real-life guy, uh, Rudy Ray Moore, uh, back in the 70s. This guy apparently was a pimp, and he tried to, with the way the show is done, um, he's working at a radio a radio place, and he's uh, a record place, and he's trying to come up with his own comedy stuff, and he gets on stage, and he's trying to tell jokes, and he's not that good, but he hears local street people telling jokes that he finds are funny, and it's like old drunks and stuff like that. So he goes downtown and he pays these old drunks some money. And he's like, tell me all your stuff, you know. And he, he gets them to tell them all of their dirty jokes. And he writes them down and saves them and learns them and routines them in the, in the room. And he comes up with a character. He puts a wig on his head and he puts a crazy pimp suit on. He gets on stage and he starts telling these dirty jokes. And they all rhyme. They're a very rhyming way of talking. And people are, are amazed and he starts selling out places, you know, all over the place. And he decides, you know what, I, I need to get on a record because that's where the money is. You know, if I can get on a, on a party record, then people will play me in their homes. And then when I go to these places, I can, I can, you know, be able to, to sell them out when I go there and make some money. So he <clears throat> comes up with some friends that, that are engineers, sound engineers, and they record a party album. And, you know, on it are people laughing in the background. And it's like at a friend's house. 
but it's uh it's done it's done and it's it's sold and it's selling everywhere and he can't get the big labels to sell it so he carries them around in his trunk and he sells them after shows or he get you know he tries everything he can to to sell them and and eventually they start selling them really well and the big companies come after him and they go all right fine we know we need to make a record and and so he he comes out with you know bigger records and better records and and still selling and along the path he's like you know hey I, I want to do more they're at a movie theater him and his friends are and they're watching these dumb jokes on TV and it, and he notices that on the film it's just full of white people there's no black people in it and if it is it, it's always somebody playing someone ignorant and he was like I want to come out with a cool you know kung fu movie with with people of my neighborhood in it so he gets together with his friends and he's like who wants to make a movie and they come up with some money and they borrow money and they do whatever they got to do and they start filming a cool movie called My Name is is Dolomite or Dolomite is My Name. And uh, he has a bunch of his one-liners in it, you know, that are, that are kind of rhymy and jokey. And it's a really cool movie. And it's it's a real movie. Like I looked it up online and, and Dolomite is a real movie. Uh, it's spelled differently than, the, than, than they spelled it for Netflix. That's probably a, a logistics thing. They probably couldn't spell it the same because of that. But anyway... I kind of get the impression that Eddie Murphy grew up watching this guy and thought, hey, this is this is impressionable. Like, this is shaping who I am as a man. Because, you know, in the 70s, Eddie Murphy would have been trying to get on SNL as a young man when SNL started. Um, and here was this guy who was seemingly doing it. Um, I thought all of this was made up, and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, this is a story about perseverance and trying no matter what, which I kind of dig. But at the same time, I was like, this is this this ain't for me. Like, I kept saying to myself, this isn't that good. This isn't that good. Like, is listen, I like Eddie Murphy, and you know, some of these jokes are okay, but this isn't that good of a story. But then at the very end, as the credits are rolling, there's a scene where he goes to his movie premiere because he makes the movie. And there's a whole thing with the with the guy who owns the theater who says, you know, I can't I can't play this. But listen, if you rent the theater out and you pay for this and you pay for that, I'll give you everything that's held at the box house at, at the box office. And apparently it's a huge hit because when he goes there with his friends to go watch it, he, he pulls up and there's hundreds of people standing outside the theater. And a lot of them can't even get in uh, for any of the shows that are sold. So they sell additional shows and they have it sold out. To all the way to a 2 a.m. show, which back then in the 70s was kind of a, uh, nobody did that kind of crap. <clears throat> but they go to walk in and his friends go, hey man, come on in. You know, we get to watch the opening credits. He goes, no. He said, these people came to see me. I'm going to give them Dolomite. So he goes out in the crowd and he starts, you know, talking to the crowd and rhyming with the crowd and, and making jokes and entertaining them. Because he's like, I, I don't want to let this go. Like they, they invested in me and I want to give them me. And as he's in the crowd, he's talking to other kids, and there's this one kid in particular, you know, and, and I don't know if it's his dad or uncle or something. He's like, "Hey, man, he, you know, he he does a good impression of you. And, you know, go ahead." And the kid riffs on his own and does his own thing. And then as the credits are rolling, it says, "You know, Dolomite and his friends uh, created seven more epic movies. Um, the the first one made like ten million dollars, which in seventies money is a lot of money." Because they, they made that movie for nothing. Um, but it says that he was credited as being the creator of rap music. 
because of his style of rhyming, because of, and it wasn't his style. It was just stuff he learned on the street, talking to old men. And at that moment, I thought, oh, well, maybe this is a good movie. But like I talked to my wife about it. I even called her on the phone and was, you know, before I went to bed, I was talking to her about the fact that I'd watch this movie and, you know, I kept, I kept saying over and over again, it's not that good a movie, but then I'd go into depth and tell her about scenes and stuff like that. She goes, kind of sounds like you enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Maybe I did. So shout out to Eddie Murphy. You still got a dude. Um, I wasn't crazy about the story, but you, you did a good job and ultimately it got me. So I don't know. Is there a thumbs up, thumbs down scale on that? I, I don't even know what to give it. So. Just check it out yourself. If you like Eddie Murphy, if you know who Dolomite is, you will probably enjoy it. So then check it out. I got home after my trip, and uh, I was able to get off work early. And, of course, I immediately started doing work in the garage, and I went from having a pile of wood to making a chair again. I made a chair. Imagine that. Um, It's sitting in the garage right now. It just needs to be, you know, sanded and finished and and uh, coated with some urethane. Uh, but when I came inside, you know, I got cleaned up, had a little bit of dinner, and my wife, thankfully, is starting to feel better. She's been sick for like a week. Um, she's watching Mad Men, and she's like, I'm going to go in the bedroom and watch Mad Men. And I'm like, okay. Uh, she's so far into it now, I can't jump in. I'd, I'd be lost. I, I turned on Netflix, and there is a show called End of the effing world as we know it i say effing because the uck is got little asterisks on it on the title it's a british show it's very dark uh it centers around two youngish kids who are kind of psychopaths um this young boy talks about how his mom died when he was young And then at a certain point, he put his hand in a fryer vat just to, quote-unquote, feel something. Um, His dad is out of touch, can't seem to cope with reality since his wife died. And so the boy is crazy. And, you know, this is, I guess, season two. Yeah, this will be season two. Um, It just came out. It's eight episodes. They're all, like, 25 minutes long. And I watched all of them last night. It's an interesting story with very dark characters and a very dark subject matter, but it's also funny, if that makes any sense. If you're in a dark comedy, crazy scenarios, people who do things sporadically and unexpected or say things sporadically and unexpected, this is is for you. Uh, I have a very weird sense of humor and... uh, very dark sense of humor, so this is right up my alley. Um, <clears throat> they're, it's recorded in like England or Ireland or something like that. Everybody has very unusual British-y sort of accents. Um, but interesting story, done well. Like I said, dark humor. Um, and then I watched Arsenio Hall's new special. Arsenio... Used to be super popular, used to be the man, used to be on late night TV, he had his own talk show, and then he just sort of went away. Um, Not exactly sure why or what happened, Uh, I don't know the history on that, but he's having a resurgence. He's, you know, him and Eddie Murphy are coming out with Coming to America 2, 
and they're starting to do movies together again, and they're starting to, you know, come up with their own stories and and get into comedy and, and start doing stand up again. And you know, watching his stand up, <clears throat> I can tell that he's trying to get back into it, and I can tell that that he felt it was time to talk about some of the material that he had. And listen, I can't imagine how daunting it is to get in front of a crowd of people and tell them jokes or things that you think are funny and hope that they bond with you and connect with you in some way. And probably 60% of this show that I watched, I I wasn't that into. But there's a good 40% that he still got it. Like he's still thinking of things in a funny way. And, you know, it's, it's pretty good. So anyway, if you're a fan of Arsenio, you want to check it out. He's he's still got it. Um, listen, I'm gonna wrap this up. This was all recorded on the new soundboard. I got a new soundboard with four channels. Um, it says it's twelve channels, but I don't know how to use the other channels because I've only got four XLR cables. Um, but I'm sitting here at my desk. Everything's rearranged in the room here. I've got a big black walnut table out in front of me. I've got three microphones out in front of me. I've got, you know, I got the room coming together. The podcast studio, this is, this is something more than I imagined, uh, but also not. I think at one point I even told my wife, I said, I want to build a podcast studio. And she kind of gave me that look like, are you out of your freaking mind? And then as I've been putting it together, it's sort of becoming a thing. So thank you to everybody who's been supportive. Uh, if you're a veteran and you want to do a Veterans Day podcast, hit me up. We need to do one. It's coming up next weekend. Um, yeah, so that's it. Happy birthday, Kaylee, again, and uh, much love. Remember, cue the cow.